Before we begin this episode, please be aware that we discuss issues including childhood sexual abuse, racism and discrimination. Thank you. Welcome to the Meaning of Home podcast, where we discuss the complexities and connections between home and homelessness. I'm your host, Sarah Christou, and as always, with me is the podcast's producer, Dave Angel. We are doctoral researchers at Loughborough University, part of the Harnessing Opportunities for Meaningful Environments Centre for Doctoral Training, for short, the Home CDT. We are a cohort of seven PhD projects approaching concepts of home and homelessness through a creative lens to develop impactful new research. Every month, we'll bring a new episode with a range of guests to provide commentary and conversation on different themes. In this episode, our theme is voice, where we'll be discussing the experience of losing your home, but finding a way to speak about that loss through your own words. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Andrina Lian, a workshop facilitator, poet and a speaker with lived experience of homelessness. Andrina helps organisations with their inclusion and well-being strategy by speaking about intersectionality, authenticity, allyship and facilitating writing workshops on self-care. She is a proud black lesbian who writes and performs poetry to come to terms with and speak about her personal experiences with identity, homelessness and mental health and the many other challenges she has faced in her life. By speaking her truth, she hopes to inspire and empower others to speak and write theirs. In 2020, Andrina was shortlisted for a National Diversity Award for Positive LGBT Plus Role Model. In 2021, she became a trustee of Action Breaks Silence, which is a charity focused on ending violence against women and girls. She has recently published a collection of poems titled Chard, A Survivor Speaks Her Truth to Inspire. Welcome, Andrina, to the Meaning of Home podcast. On this episode, we're discussing the theme of voice and the importance of speaking about and listening to the lived experiences of those who have survived homelessness. To find your voice and the courage to speak about your experiences is crucial in challenging the relationships between power, policy and the material realities of homelessness. But this requires those in positions of power to listen. And so having an empowered voice is to be part of a dialogue with those who can deliver change. Andrina, it seems to me quite serendipitous that you are also trustee of a charity called Action Breaks Silence, as you've done exactly that, breaking silence to expose and end abuse and to talk about your own experiences. As a professional speaker, you use your voice to relay those experiences. Many of them have been traumatic, as well as to encourage others to speak. Can you tell us more about the work you do as a speaker of lived experience? Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It's really important to um, be authentic and share our lived experience. So my work involves talking about intersectionality, diversity, inclusion, 
authenticity and allyship from a lived experience perspective. I also facilitate writing workshops specifically on self-care um, because when we share a lot of ourselves in the world, we also have to prioritise our well-being and self-care is really important to me. I also share my lived experience through my poetry, which I'll share some of today by reading a few poems from my poetry collection, Chard. It's actually called Chard, A Survivor Speaks Her Truth to Inspire. So you, you mentioned there about speaking your truth. Could you expand on that? Tell us a bit more about what that means to you and, and why does it matter? It matters for us to speak our truth because we are all contributing to the world in our individual ways. And it hasn't always been easy for me to speak my truth. I have experienced lots of trauma and challenges in my life where I wasn't always this vocal and outspoken about some of the things that I've experienced. And I think it's important to share my lived experience and speak my truth to inspire other people to speak their truth as well because what I've learned along the way is that we all feel like we're alone in our struggles you know common sense tells us we're not alone you know lots of people have been through things that that we've been through but when we're going through these things it really does feel like we're alone in our struggles. So by me sharing my truth, it allows other people to, to share their truth as well and also to recognise that they're not alone in their struggles. And that's, that's really important to me. You also mentioned there about poetry. And of course, performing poetry is an expression of experiences as well. It's a creative voice. You, you said, you know, in the past, maybe you've struggled to find your voice. Then what led you to having a poetic voice and expressing yourself that way? It was around 2013 when my partner, Jermaine, who I've been with now for like nearly 10 years, um, she suggested to me that writing would really help me. I'll start by letting you know that the person I am today who is focused on well-being and, you know, optimism and resilience is not really the person I was 10 years ago when I was introduced to poetry. I, it was a conversation where I spoke to my partner about a lot of the things that I've been through in my life. And she's she's quite a prolific writer. So she writes, she writes and journals quite a lot. And she suggested that it would be something that's that could benefit me. Um, and I was quite reluctant to do it. But the following, say, three months later, we went to an open mic night and I wrote and performed my poem. It was a poem about the night. I wrote and performed my first poem at the same time. And it was only because of the round of applause that I had experienced in that moment, it led me on a quest to write some more, go around to different London venues who where they were doing poetry and spoken word so that I can get on a stage and, and 
share my stuff and let people clap for me it in the beginning it wasn't about sharing my deepest and darkest things it's just that over the years the writing has just got more personal and more deeper um, for me to be able to share a really hurtful and traumatic experiences like I didn't actually speak about the abuse I was silent for 30 years about the childhood sexual abuse that I experienced when I was younger I was silent for 30 years about it and it was only at an international women's day event in 2018 that the the theme for that event was protest and for me breaking my silence about the abuse was my protest so I wrote a poem specifically for that and it was the first time that I actually like vocalized and wrote down and shared what had happened to me at that time thinking about this podcast in particular we're part of a group of doctoral researchers who are researching experiences of the loss of home and what's important is to centre our research on underrepresented perspectives and to amplify the voices of people affected by the loss of home and homelessness and so it's crucial for us to hear from those with different experiences because for as many types of people there are there are different types of homelessness as well and with this in mind, would you mind sharing with us uh, a bit more about your experiences of what led up to the point of you losing your home? Yeah, I've been homeless several times, you know, and I just want to start by saying thank you, actually, for, you know, reaching out to marginalized communities to share our experience because I am a black lesbian woman I'm very like vocal now it hasn't always been that way and there's a lot of people in in the black community who who experience a wide range of things and don't share almost like because of cultural norms like it's normal in our culture to not take our business outside it's normal to you know whatever happens in the home stays in the home it's normal to to not say certain things that's going to make you seem weak or vulnerable you know that whole strong black woman thing is something that we grow up with from an early age and it's quite um detrimental actually to our our well-being so I think it's important that you are hearing from marginalised groups because everybody, I'm not a psychologist, yeah, but everybody has issues in their life, whether it's with work, housing, money, relationships, friendships. These are all things that cross over in all of our lives. It's just that some of us have more challenges than others because we're not able to fully be our authentic self and say, say, actually, this is what I need help with. Like, I found it really hard to ask for help because help, asking for help was seen as a weakness. 
you know, things like crying, which is a natural bodily response to things. Like for me, growing up, crying is not something that I was allowed to do freely. You know, my mom would say, what are you crying about? Blah, blah, blah. Like it's it, it's a lot, really. Like all of this stuff is a lot. And I think by understanding each of our differences, ultimately we can understand how we can help each other and also how we can support each other, how we can understand that it doesn't matter what culture or religious background you're from or where, what your ethnicity is, there are so many universal experiences and the, and the fact that we tend to only hear the white person's experience it means that I don't know how to say this properly it just means that we're getting like one one set of experiences and this is how it is <laughs> but it's not like different people have different experiences and it's important to understand what the barriers are for some people to be able to share their lived experience and one of my barriers was that whole keep everything inside you know be strong and shut up and get on with it um, rather than actually asking for help but rather than waffling on about that I think I'm going to read my poem I'm going to read my poem home and it will give you an idea a better idea of of the homelessness that I experienced because for me homelessness wasn't a one-time thing I was I've been homeless on several occasions in fact I think the place I live now is the place I've actually lived the longest in my life so yeah this poem is called home and it's on page 56 of the book 18 years old no home no abode no place for me to go standing outside in the cold on what felt like the front line the earth stood still as I cried and cried nowhere left for me to run and nowhere to hide I slept in the park slept in an abandoned car it was dark a really dark time no home no abode no place for me to go I moved across London, found new friends. So for today, so for tomorrow, I was out of the ends. Fertile womb, empty room, loneliest time of my life. Pure doom and gloom. Although this time was different, I had a room in a shared house. I even shared the room with a mouse. It ran over my foot one day as I stood up. I screamed for days. The year was 2002. Womb filled up, bun in the oven, given a temporary place to go. Bed and breakfast was provided. My head and heart were divided. Roof over my head, but still no friends, as this place too was not in my ends. Luckily, I had learned to fend for myself. Time flew, baby bump grew, started eating for two, and before I knew it, I was offered a flat. Small, one bed, first floor with my very own front door. Finally, a place to call my own. Comfort, sanity, privacy. Filled it with stuff, ran up some debts. It was a mess. Yes, it was messy at times, especially when my head wasn't in my right mind. 
the year was 2010, notice of seeking possession, out on my ear again, temporary accommodation, Tottenham, again, not in my ends. They say history does repeat itself again and again. Mum was homeless when she was young too. For the most part, we stuck to her like glue. Temporary home, almost abode, somewhere to call home. For six months at least, sleeping on the same bed sheets for weeks. Then I got the call. It's a two bed with a garden. And best of all, it's permanent. Somewhere safe to rest our heads. Ground floor, once again, my very own front door. There's no place like home. Thank you. Um, and something that struck me while you were reciting your beautiful poem was there's also a difference in experience with motherhood and homelessness as well. The experiences that people go through on their own as homeless, but then the responsibility of there being another life there as well. Uh, and I wondered if that changed, how that changed your view on the world or your feelings about your situation, if you would mind sharing a bit about that as well. I started the poem saying 18 years old and at that time it was my mom that actually made me homeless um, from her house. Yeah it was a different set of circumstances then but when I was pregnant with Renee and I was 21 and I was actually pregnant with Renee when I was 20 and I gave birth to her a week before my 21st birthday and the homelessness that I experienced when I was pregnant with her, I was in a bed and breakfast when I was pregnant with her. And I was also homeless when she was about eight years old. And it's different when, so I've experienced homelessness with and without a child. And luckily for me, I've been able to keep my child. She's now 20 years old. And it's difficult because it's like, for me, Renee is the most precious thing in my life. And I've always wanted to just protect her and keep her safe. I also have to acknowledge that I was young myself. So I had other challenges of being young. And then obviously being a survivor of abuse, I've had trauma that I'm carrying around as well as part of my life history. So bringing up a child is challenging. You know, in the poem, I also said mum was homeless when we were young, too. So there's generational stuff like in my homelessness history. I remember, even though I slept in a car when I was young, I remember sleeping in a car with my mum and my brother when I was even much younger than that. So there's like where it comes to home and homelessness, my my lived experience is quite tricky and challenging, but for me, I felt more compelled to keeping my daughter safe and keeping a roof over her head and being there for her and being like the number one protector for her. So when I did lose my previous home when she was young, like I, I beat myself up about it. There was a lot of um, 
like blame for myself and stuff like that and I've always since then just tried to secure a, a permanent place over her head because home for me provides stability so stability for me and stability for her means that she has one less thing to worry about in life like if I can provide a roof over her head and safety for her then she'll have an easier time so I don't actually know if I've answered that question properly but where I've been homeless on my own and I've also been homeless with a child it's a totally different experience but I know for, for a fact that having a child has helped me to be more determined to not experience homelessness again and even though she's an adult now because she's 20 at least I can say that she hasn't had the, the the homelessness history that I've had so I've safeguarded her in that aspect a little bit you know yeah it's really painful to discuss these things to be honest and I'm not in that situation now. My circumstances are much better. Mm. Um, but I do think it's important to share my story and have these conversations to raise awareness of different people's lived experiences. So it's good that I'm contributing to this podcast, but I also recognise as well that it's quite painful looking back because I'm not in that situation anymore. Yeah, I have found that being a mum has helped me to be more determined to secure a decent foundation for her, for my daughter. And we really appreciate you sharing that with us, Andrina, of course. And um, and I think it's an important note, actually, that as the theme of this episode is voice, there is a breaking silence when it comes to traumatic experiences. But of course, that should never come at the cost of a person's well-being. The insistence that people have to continually repeat the worst things that have happened to them to uh, be validated or to be believed. I know in a recent research by the Runnymede Trust found that black people and those from ethnic minority backgrounds in the UK are more than twice as likely as white people to experience deep poverty. And of course, uh, one of the headline problems we know we've got in the UK right now is the cost of living crisis and how that's pushing more people who are on the edge into deeper poverty and potentially going to be losing their homes as well. And you spoke also there about there's generational poverty as well that also contributes to this cycle of homelessness. But breaking that cycle for your um, for your own child as well. And I suppose now thinking about that regaining of a home, as you say, that's that's your past you your current situation and circumstances have changed the speaking that you do and the poems that you write um, and in the kind of the career that you've built as well around uh, not just homelessness but mental health childhood sexual abuse 
all of these involve being silenced as well by perpetrators, by those unwilling to listen. So silence is also a form of oppression, blocking voices of those with lived experience, denying them recognition, denying them justice. And people who may feel they've not been listened to. What are your thoughts on being silenced and now finding your voice and the position that you're you're in now? I can tell you how it feels to be free you know I actually feel free not having carrying around obviously the the all of my history is part of who I am okay but holding it inside it was coming out in other ways it was very I was very self-destructive to myself and now that I have actually been quite vocal about my experiences all aspects of my experiences there's nothing that I'm actually silent about anymore which has provided me with freedom it's a freedom that I I have not been able to explain how it feels but I feel like a weight has been lifted off me speaking my truth and I recognize that lots of people are not in a place where they can speak their truth for whatever reason so I do feel like I am privileged in that aspect where you know I've reached an age where I'm just not being silent anymore at the cost of my own well-being so the fact that I am speaking my truth means that I am now working on my happiness I'm working on future goals and not dragging around my baggage with me it almost feels like breaking that silence has allowed me to get on with my life so I'd like to finish by reading this poem it's called home for me is homeowner and I think it's important for me to read this poem because I actually wrote it I wrote this poem out of frustration to be honest because when I was reading that home poem over and over again because I've read it several times I found that it used to affect me it used to make me feel like it would drag me back into that mindset of when that that was and I'm no longer in that place anymore I've moved forward, but I felt like that poem kept dragging me back. So I needed another poem to counteract that poem to actually recognise that not only have I progressed and I'm in a totally different place from where I was before, but also to give people hope that like your circumstances back then doesn't have to be the same forever. Like things change people change, times change, circumstances change, and change happens, you know. So I'm going to read this poem called Home For Me Is Homeowner. Call me a gentrifier. If house prices increase, blame me. It took courage and guts to get a foot on this wrong, though it's another property gone from the social housing stock. I've worked extremely hard to secure this rock. I did it to give my daughter a chance, to give her a better start, a foundation. Somewhere secure she can call her own. Home for me is more than bricks and mortar. It's a warm place, an abundance of food and hot running water. 
a place I can be messy and make mess in five minutes. Funny how much longer it takes to tidy up and there's always washing up. Home is a place I can be me and unleash my creativity. Home for me is a place to keep clean, a place to be proud, quiet and loud. A place to think and make plans. A place to bake bread alone and choose to break it with family and friends. Home for me is comfort, safety, sanity, everything in its entirety. Somewhere safe to return to, a place where I can hide behind closed doors or keep them open if I like. Home for me is choice, freedom to shop and choose things I like, things you may not think are nice. Home for me is a place to rest my head at any time and unwind with candlelight at night. Home for me is the only place and space where I can do what I like and it's all right. After all that I've been through, I'm lucky to be alive and live in the place I have just described. Proud homeowner, call me a gentrifier. If house prices increase, blame me. Thank you. We end every episode of the podcast with a recurring segment where I ask each guest the same question. What does home mean to you? Andrina, what does home mean to you? Basically, without a solid, stable home, you don't have a solid, stable foundation to do anything else, which is why home has to be probably the most important thing in anyone's life and that home has to the home and conditions of home is fundamental to every other aspect in a person's life and and that's what I've noticed and that's what's been my experience and I know that because when I was homeless it like I couldn't focus on anything else and also when I've been in a home that I've had challenges, it's not been a safe place for me. I wasn't able to, to focus. So it's not just about having a home. It's about having a secure home. And from that base, anything is possible. That's what it means to me. Thank you, Andrina. And thank you also for... Uh, sharing so much on this podcast and sharing your voice with us but also um, in the in your poetry in your uh, career in the workshops that you run for uh, centering on the importance of well-being as well That brings us to the end of this episode. We would like to thank our guest, Andrina Leanne, for joining us and sharing her experiences. For more information about our work, please visit meaningofhome.uk. Follow us on Twitter at meaningofhomelu. Remember to follow and share our podcast. And of course, thank you all for listening to The Meaning of Home.
This podcast was created by The Home CDT. It was hosted by Sarah Christou, produced and edited by Dave Angel, and the music is by the Angel Brothers. All ideas expressed in this podcast are those of the individual. The meaning of home is brought to you by doctoral researchers at Loughborough University.